Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, and uh, well, as you can tell, very little background noise. That means I must be inside the house. Don't tell anybody. Anyway, today I have just come off my bike turbo, having done uh, the first of two uh, training sessions on the bike today, and uh, I just thought, well, while I'm lying here with my legs up on the up on the couch, getting the blood to circulate through my body and doing my recovery process, I could possibly pop out a wonderful pop uh, podcast about boredom. So here it goes. Say no to boredom. Boredom can't exist in a happy life. However, the pursuit of activity in order for us not to be bored and not to be pursuing the activity in order to create some sense of self-identity have to be very very careful so yes boredom can't exist say no to boredom but be careful chasing its opposite so I'd like to just share with you what I've learned over 45 years of human development around the topic of being bored first and the single most important thing that I've had to learn over my lifetime about the topic of being bored is to learn not to be bored sitting by myself alone in a room in silence. Now, to do that, you've got to learn to like yourself. But most of us, especially me when I was younger, don't like who we are, so we can't sit alone in stillness in a room by ourselves without doing something we can't move our hand we can't stop moving our hand we, we have to have a drink beside us we have to have a book beside we have to have the TV going we need to fill the air the atmosphere with noise and movement and activity because that distracts us from being with ourselves so I think the rehearsal every day of spending five or ten minutes by yourself. Now I'm not talking about being in a state of meditation where you uh, let's say compartmentalize yourself away from yourself by meditating on yourself and meditating. I'm talking about sitting in a nice chair in a good posture, eyes open or closed but mostly open, sitting there thinking about the future. That stillness, that essence is the mastery of life because if you can't stand your own company then don't expect other people to like it. That's the first thing and I think most stress and most anxiety and most self-imposed illness, which comes from stress and anxiety, originates in the thing, in the 
in the, in the, in the premise that we hate being bored, but we don't like being alone. So what we'll do when we do feel alone or a little bit isolated or a little bit separated from other people, we drink or we eat or we fish or we swim or we run or we bike or we jump up and down or we cook something or we clean something or we massage something so that we never ever have to feel the presence of our own presence. And yet it's what we're searching for. What we're searching for is to feel the presence of our own presence. We're searching to feel good about being us without doing something to validate it. So there's step one. That's a trip in itself, isn't it? Step two is beauty. Now, I can't overemphasize this enough that what has changed since the origin of my journey in human development and now is the ease at which I can see beauty. So there's a fly buzzing, uh, sitting on the tabletop right now nearby where I'm lying. It's coming through the open window and it's just standing there and I go, well, it could be an ugly, germ-carrying, disgusting, buzzing, annoying, food-poisoning insect or I can see this thing as being absolutely astonishing with all its little legs and its wings and its two big uh, uh, buffers on the front of its face and man, I can see this for its miracle. Now, yep, I don't necessarily want flies running around my house and stuff. And I do recognise that there is germs and disease in their feet and what have you. So I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea that I want one of these things sitting on my uh, lunch. However, the thing itself is just a thing of beauty. And the simplicity of that, an ant... Uh, out on my front garden this morning was crawling across the footpath and I sort of helped it along its way so it didn't get trodden on. Sometimes these things of beauty, they don't have to be very big. And I think the, the smaller they are, the more powerful you become. As I said in an earlier podcast today, the Greeks decide, uh, describe beauty as symmetry, proportion and order and that's like a painting like the Mona Lisa or a building like the, the uh, Eiffel Tower or uh, the Sydney Harbour, the Opera House, Harbour Bridge. There are things that just you look at and you go, wow, symmetry, proportion and order and they don't have to be boxes. Uh, a, a good example of that of course is the Eiffel Tower or the Opera House or the Grand Canyon or Mount, uh, Mount Everest, or, um, I don't know, the Nile or a pyramid. They don't have to be square boxes. They can be all strange shapes, but that shape will be symmetrical, proportionate, and ordered. There's a Donald Duck cartoon somewhere hidden in the YouTube, I'm sure, about Pythagoras's theorem and the, the uh, isosceles triangle. It's a miracle. Symmetry, proportion and order. I think the third thing is to realise that uh, there is a fine line between getting what we want 
and being disappointed about not getting what we want. And there's a fine line between those two uh, places where, where we can live in a state of harmony with life. We can live in balance and we can live getting what we want, recognising that we don't get everything we want the way that we want, but also recognising that we get what we want in the form we need. There's a fine line dancing around there with uh, you know, mindfuck and mental gymnastics in order to get a, a sense of connectedness to the miracle of being alive, the miracle of purpose, the miracle of manifestation, and yet not everything comes the way we want. And to not be stressed, but at the same token have a vision or an ambition or a future that you want to create and be able to work with rather than against nature and the universe. I think this is the third step in not being bored to be able to see in everything the opportunity to grow and get closer to the things you want to have in life. They're three pretty simple steps, but let's say no to boredom. Um, and last but not least, what I would love to add is most work, most jobs, if you get good at your job, lead to a point of what's called boredom. They lead to the fact that you can do that job relatively easy. And that's a sign of accomplishment. It is not a sign that you need to change your job. When you do get good at your work, you will do it relatively easy. And you could say, I'm a bit bored. But the agitation to be not bored, you have to be careful, as I said earlier, that you don't start pursuing uh, the not boredom by its opposite, because you don't like yourself enough to, be, to sit there and be grateful for the situation you've got, which is earning money for doing something that's relatively easy and coming home and being a good version of yourself. You don't have to be attached to being wrecked or ruined or destroyed um, or broken down or stressed in order to get value out of work. This is Chris. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now.